Welcome to Todd Talks, where I help you design your best life. Not the life that I designed for you, but the life that you desire. Today, I have a special guest for you. Today, I am talking with Michael DeHaan. He is the co-founder and financial wellness leader at Quantum Leap Global. His vision is to empower people globally to create more joy, abundance, and vitality through financial well-being. We had a great discussion today, and I hope that you enjoy it. Well, welcome. How do you pronounce your name correctly? Is it Michael DeHaan? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I I just wanted to make sure I had the emphasis right. (laughs) Perfect. So welcome to the show. Thank you for being willing to hop on here. But I would like for you to uh, introduce yourself, and then I'll uh, I'll talk a little bit about me and my show, and and we can ask some questions and get some answers. Oh, that sounds brilliant! And again, thank you for having me. So, I suppose a bit of my background is I've been in sort of banking, financial planning, dealing with money for over thirty years. So I know money backwards, but um, and I could invest money and make money for people, but. I didn't really understand the emotional side, the behavioural side around money and that how that affects people. And it was only through my own life experience where I was in a great job, great career, um, but I was suffering from financial stress for long term. And what that did to my body, really, it just sort of shuts down your immune system because you're in that flight or fight. Uh-huh. I, I had that for about 15 years and I went down the pathway of suffering anxiety, which led to depression. And then I was diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer. So I found my body failing me in regard to, I was consistently in survival mode. And on the outside, I was successful. Right. Great great family man, but on the inside, I had so much self-doubt, so much fear. And that was a lot to do with my upbringing and this sort of societal conditioning that's put upon us regard to how we should show up. Oh, absolutely. So I wasn't living my own life, really, and I was disconnected to myself. So going down that pathway and then it led to, uh, I was married for 22 years, we had a marriage breakdown, and I started to get curious, start asking questions about myself, about what's going on within myself to create this, start taking ownership. Okay. And really start asking those questions about what am, where do my stories come from? What are my beliefs? Am I living my best life? And then working internally to actually create that best life for myself and to be aligned with what I want in life. That's where the change happened. And how long did this process take for you? Oh, look, it's, it's ongoing, <laughs> to be quite frank. <laughs> So, but the process started about four years ago. Okay. And I, I did uh, I did some education around behavioural the behavioural side around money coaching and really understanding how that's playing out in my life, and then making those changes. And it's not big changes that you've got to make small changes, but consistency. Because really, what I'm doing is changing programs that I've had for over thirty years. I'm changing habits that aren't serving me. So. It is a work in progress and it might well be a work in progress for the rest of my life. But the point is that I've got a plan. We're moving towards financial freedom, got a new partner where we've just got this joy, abundance and vitality in my life that I never had before. That's awesome. And tell me what your, tell our viewers what your company is and and what you do now for, for business and for work and as well as being on shows like this. Yeah, so my business is Quantum Leap Global. So I'm the co-founder and financial wellness leader there. So I'm in partnership with my wife. She's another co-founder. She works around psychological safety as well. So we're all aligned around bringing the best out in people. That's our ethos. And it's really working with people to tap back into their inner power and really live the life by design, live the life that they desire, which is, it's it's a big impact but we're, um, we're doing a good job. <laughs> That's awesome. And that aligns so much with the purpose of this podcast, which is to design the life that you desire. 
And so I remember seeing, and I'm going to post it in the show notes, that you actually have a, a link in a 30-minute uh, complimentary meeting that you offer for, for people. Yeah. I think that's important for people to feel comfortable that they can reach out and share their story in a non-judgmental space because when we talk about money, money's energy, okay? So when yep. we talk about money, it brings up so many emotions, but to have a space where they're not going to be judged, there's no shame and embarrassment, but for them to tell their story probably for the first time. Oh, yeah. About really what's going on in their life in a safe environment. And then I think it's so important, Todd, to be heard. So people actually just repress their feelings and beliefs um, and for them to actually start telling their story and going, well, I need support. Well, I, I may need to have you talk to my wife sometime because for the 25 years we've been married and, you know, I'm not throwing her under the bus. <laughs> money gives her anxiety. Yeah. I have a very good, well-paying job and we are able to afford everything that we've needed. And yet money still gives her anxiety. And so I think that happens with a lot of people that have not dealt with their their inner issues, the trauma of their childhood or whatever that caused them to have these money anxieties. Um, yeah. And and I so I think it's great that you offer this opportunity for people to have a guilt free, open, free space where they can talk to somebody. And, you know, you offer a 30-minute introduction so that they can see maybe there's something more that they want to delve into. And uh, that, I think that's awesome. No, I appreciate that. Thank you for that feedback. And I, I want to share that 90% of my clients come to me initially with anxiety around money. Yeah. So it is just such common. The, the three biggest things that around um, emotions, around money, is that they repress their feelings and beliefs, they're non-confrontational, and they're anxious. And these are all limiting. So I'm a big believer. I do a lot of work around manifestation. So I truly believe that you can't manifest from a space of fear and self-doubt. Amen. So there's people there that have got desires in their life, so, but they're in their conscious mind, which is only 5% of your life. So 95% of your life's run by your subconscious mind. So consciously you are looking at a life that will bring you joy and abundance. But if that's not aligned with your subconscious mind, which is 30,000 times more powerful than your conscious mind, that's not going to happen because you're not in that space, you're not aligned, so you'll struggle. So how did you come to this realisation? I came to the realisation that I found myself self-sabotaging. Yep. So I, I had dreams and I was counteractive in regard to what I was, how I was showing up. And I knew money and I, was, I made some poor investments into some businesses that deep down, if I trusted my gut, I wouldn't have. I lost a lot of money and um, I always found myself either sabotaging. At one stage, I put my house up for risk. And, and as a father, as a proud father and a provider, I had to really look in the mirror and say, well, what am I doing? You know, my wife didn't feel safe. We might lose our house. So I was really going, why do I keep doing these actions? And that was when I started to ask the questions and start to become curious around my actions mm -hmm. and understanding that my thoughts were creating my reality and my beliefs were creating my thoughts. So that something had to change. And it's, it's, it's hard to look in the mirror and go, well, no, I'm, I'm not the man that everyone thinks that I am. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I know that I've had ups and downs on the limiting beliefs uh, around money. What's kind of funny is, you know, I just was on a, a guest on a podcast yesterday, my first time being a guest. And, and we ended up talking a little bit about this, about the, the ups and downs of limiting beliefs. And how I, you know, I started, and I, I'm a very confident person, but certain things 
cause me to think in a limited way. And, and so I'll go up and down, but there's one belief that I've always held, which is not a limiting belief. And this one has um, helped my wife and I to get to where we're at. Now, I still believe I have some limiting beliefs because I want my desires. I want to be in the upper echelons. I want to be a millionaire, Yeah. but I still have the limiting beliefs about how high I can get. But up until this point, the non-limiting belief that has gotten me to where I am today has been that there's always enough. I'll, I'm always able to make it happen. Yeah. But that's still a scarcity mindset in there's only just enough. I have to change <laughs> that. Uh, I have to change that mindset to there's an abundance available. <laughs> exactly right. And I work with clients um, with the financial planning and they have enough money. They could never spend the money that they built. But they still had that scarcity, not enough. So they yes. hold tight onto that money. So it wasn't relevant for them to, even if they created five or $10 million, it wasn't relevant to bring in joy in their life. That's too so bad. They still had the scarcity. So that's, and, and there was conditions around the money, how they controlled the money. It, it was used as a form of control in regard to relationships. So it's really working on those beliefs because it's, the vision or the your intention or what you want to manifest in life, it's really around what you want to create to live your best life. So, so how do you go about teaching somebody? What method do you use to teach somebody how to break those limiting beliefs about money? Really, yeah, and it's, it's really having the awareness, like understanding their story for them to understand their story. Everyone's got a story type and um, we really need to do that deep work and find the root cause. And a lot of times we, we find out that they were brought up in regard to self-worth. Um, there's conditional love potentially. So there's conditions around them, which again creates that sort of self-worth. Um, and just the stories that they hear growing up. So people with money are greedy. Money won't make you happy. There's all mm -hmm. these sort of negative stories that people filter in and it becomes a part of their programming, becomes a part of their habits. And that's where you see that sort of self-sabotage. So when we actually get to the root cause or where their beliefs came from, the realisation there's a light bulb moment where they're going, they're not even my beliefs. They were beliefs that were conditioned into me generally when I was from 0 to 7. Yep. And my conscious mind hasn't formed. And so whatever I hear, feel or see, I take as truth. And that forms my program. So understanding that you can change a program is so uplifting to people because then they're going, I can create a different life. So now what do I do? <laughs> so, for, so from that, a lot of people don't even know what a great life looks like. Yeah. Because they've been sleepwalking. Yeah. So it's really working with them and getting to understand what, great life looks like, what, what a life that brings them joy, vitality, impact, purpose. And we, we start going through that, we start visualising in a conscious sense what that looks like. And so we map that out over, say, five or ten years, depending on where they're at in life, and start to paint that picture, create that picture. And we, we don't do it around money. So it's, I use the five L's. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about where do you want to live? What do you love doing? What do you want to be learning? What makes you laugh? What's your legacy? What do you want people to talk about you? So then we actually build the stories around that and then we take the people to that place. So they're actually walking into that home. So that what are the feelings around that? That's on the beach. They're selling the rolling waves. They've got the children in there. They, they've got the smell of the, the dinner, the baked dinner on a Sunday afternoon. They're actually getting the senses of actually visualizing because your subconscious mind doesn't know whether it's real or not. Right. So then we actually bring that back and then start living intentionally. So the intentions are how you're showing up every day to be on track and achieving that um, 
great life that you desire. Now, do you ever actually literally take people to like the village that they want to live in or the to to <laughs> their dream home so they can see it in person? <laughs> I, I, I don't, but I get them to paint that picture and, yeah. and then they, they will have that visual so they will have that picture of the house and they'll have it somewhere where they can see it and feel it and get that sensation. So that's that vision boarding. Yeah, the, the reason I ask, because because I've done vision boarding and um, one of the things that that I learned a while ago is if you really want to make your vision strong, if, say, there's a specific car that you want, yeah. go to the dealership and test drive the car. Because then when you're doing your vision board or when you're doing your visualization for your subconscious, you've actually got a memory that you can draw on to make it real. Yeah, and no, that, I, I know you can't do that for everything, but for some things, that, that's a an interesting way to add on to be able to get the memory or get that vision more realistic. Because I know for myself, even though I have a great imagination, sometimes, and I'm sure there are others out there listening, sometimes they have a hard time creating a realistic image if they don't really know they know what they want but they don't really know it to be able to create that image to make the the strength for the subconscious what do you do for when people have that barrier where they they know they want to be this they want to be say rich and in five years they want to have a big 3,000 square foot house with a with a pool and but they have a hard time envisioning it because that's not their life right now. That's right. And that, that's, that comes across quite often. And so it's really asking a lot of questions. So when you're taking people on that journey, because again, it's a lot of times it's superficial. So I want right. a house, I want a block of land. Um, so there's, there's no sort of feeling imagination around that. So we start asking different questions around, you know, so what, what is the layout of it? Is it an open plan? You know, what does the kitchen look like? When you walk out the front door, you know, what, what are you looking at? So you start to create the picture. You ask a lot of questions. And I interview clients and we record it because a lot of times, as you said, they're, they're unable to actually imagine what that looks like. So when you take them through the pathway where they're very centred, so they're not thinking about all that stuff in life. Right. <laughs> a very peaceful space and do a lot of breath work before it. So they're in the space there where they can go internally. And, and with good questioning, they can actually start painting that picture and the picture gets deeper and deeper. And it gets more transparent the more sort of questions you ask, the more they share within themselves actually what their desire is. I like that you do the breath work and get them into a calm space because that actually gets them into an alpha state, which is which is the state in which you can actually impress and put impressions into the mind. What's funny is that's the very same state as where you're in when you're watching television. Your brain goes into an alpha state where it it's very impressionable, which is why television commercials work so well advertising <laughs> um but but when you do that you work do the breath work and the 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 calm space you can bring yourself down to an alpha state and be able to then use the visualization to impress upon the mind and the subconscious that this is the this is what you want to go after yeah, and a lot of visioning, the best time to do visioning as well is just before you go to sleep. Yeah. So we talk about going into that alpha state and just when you wake up. So having that clarity, which we spoke about before, about really what you want to create and then saying that and, and believing that. So that's in your body, heart, body and mind before you go to bed and then your subconscious is working. Oh, yeah. While you sleep. So similar to as soon as you wake up. So what, what are your desires? What are your intentions? And then your subconscious mind is going out looking for it. That reminds me I need to set up my new vision board. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to update ours because it's interesting. The more work you do in yourself, different things come up. Yeah. 
So that that's important to keep aligning with what your vision is um, as, as you grow, like everyone's growing. And if you're doing the internal work, your mind's growing and it's got different a different maybe purpose or purpose that's gone off a little bit. So it's really aligning and keeping that on track because that vision is energy. That vision is sort of creating with your subconscious that's aligning you as a person. And if you, and if I've heard that if you don't, you know, keep, keep your focus on it and you go here and you go there and you keep changing that you can actually, you, can actually confuse your subconscious and it just gives up. And that's when you throw up your hands and you're like, I, I'm done. And you go back to your old habits. So it, I think I it's important to have a, a you know, a primary goal or vision that you're going after. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think if you look at the purpose of the subconscious mind, is that it's there to keep you safe. So when you go out of that comfort zone, which is growth, and, and really start to build that life that you desire, your subconscious mind's going to drag you back. It's going to test you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to say, look, you know, let's come back to where our program is. If you do the analysis of a computer, so you've got a program in there. If you try and up with that program or do something, the computer won't work. Right. It won't allow you to do that. So your subconscious mind's similar where it's going to say that, okay, you, you try that. Remember that you're not deserving. Remember that we've got these beliefs around ourselves, around self-worth or fear, whatever that may be. So let's stay here because when you go outside that comfort zone, that's when you can create fear and, and that self-doubt is aligned, you know, it's, it's heightened, so to speak. So if you look at that, as I said, it's, it's been true and been so intentional in creating those new habits and they take time. Oh, yeah. There's, there's so many people that, give up because, you know, the stories are that you can change your habit in 21 days, but I don't believe that. And it depends how deep-seated it is. So there's new research that sort of says it takes 60, 70 days, and I'm a believer in in that, that especially if you've had it deep-seated for many years, you've got to, your subconscious mind's got to really believe it. Right. You're fed income, that you're fed income. <laughs> That's it, an Australian, <laughs> Australian word, fed income, but... Um, but it's got to believe that this is the new year. Well, that's because we're so used to lying to ourselves. Yeah. We lie to ourselves all the time. Our, our brain creates false perceptions and false ideas and false, um, false habits and false thoughts all the time. So our subconscious being there to protect us is always like, wait a minute. <laughs> are you are you really meaning to do this or is this just another false trail that you're leading us on? Yeah. I think you shared before around that sort of glass ceiling for um, business owners in particular and how that shows up because, again, that's your comfort zone. Yeah. So this imaginary um, glass ceiling, so that's where you'll go up to. It's very hard to push through that and, and smash it if you don't do the internal work. Because, again, that's just subconscious mind working. So, And it can show up with self-sabotage, not charging what you're worth, not following up invoices. Uh, it shows up in many different ways for a business owner who, t- who take on so much risk in regard to starting their own business, creating the impact and freedom that they desire. Mm-hmm. Without the mindset and the internal work, they can become a slave to their business. Yeah, John, John Maxwell talks about that ceiling all the time. And how when you want to start changing and growing, you'll hit that ceiling and bounce off every single time until you've made enough changes internally to bust through it. And then you set a newer, higher ceiling. Exactly right. Exactly right. And that's a great great analogy because it hurts your head always hitting that ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) So, So I've got another question for you. So. Our thoughts and our beliefs, our view of money, they cause those ceilings. What is, from the people that you've worked with, what is the, like, the main causes of those limiting beliefs? 
Where, where do those come from? And it's generally around how they're brought up. Yeah. If you look at, I, I do a lot of work with um, uh, women, and in particular, they're brought up in societal conditioning around being a carer. Being a what? Uh, being a carer. Okay, so a carer. Yeah. A, yeah, taking on a caring role, um, and and by design that they're brought up to be a great mum. They can take on um, caring roles such as nursing or education, become school teachers. So right. that's line. And I, I work with amazing entrepreneurial mums that they go into business, they're building a, a great business, but they're judged. They're judged by their peers. Regarding how can you be a good mum and run a good business, they might have a nanny to support them. So they've got to go through a lot of work, internal work around being really aligned to themselves because they are, they are judged. And it's, it's, it's not the pathway for a mum to be an amazing businesswoman, an entrepreneur, a change leader. And yet it's totally possible. It's, it's, it's so possible. And we're seeing the change. We're seeing an awakening where women in particular are leaving the business, the corporate world, to create that impact, to create the change. So this is a lot of that empowerment and it's, it's certainly possible of what's happening. Well, that's, I'm trying to empower my daughter to uh, go into the airlines, so to to be a pilot. So, and that's <laughs> that's my one of my day jobs is um, not currently, but previously I was a pilot for the Air Force, and so I'm going to be going back to flying for the airlines when I retire in a year from the military, and um, so I'm trying to. Two of my kids have expressed interest, and one of them, my daughter. Um, is planning on still doing it. And so more power to her. I know that she'll do great. And it is not a traditional role, yeah. but it, but you can still be a good mom, a good wife and a provider as well for the family. That is so true. That's, and that's the change that we need to sort of make in the world to give people the belief that they can do whatever they want to do in life. Whatever their dreams are, they can chase their dreams. Yeah, and I, I think and I, I love that um, what you shared about your daughter because my daughter was into personal training. She was working in cafes, mm-hmm. but she had more of a purpose there. So it was really a confident self belief in her. So now she's studying psychology, which nice. she's always had a fascination with, but she's using that her studies into the personal training where they're supporting people that might be overweight and really looking at the root cause of that. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're overweight and you want to lose weight and you do, then you go away and then potentially you put the weight back on. because you Oh, I've been in that cycle for years. Yeah. So it's really understanding why that weight's on. Is it because you don't want to be noticed? Is there some sort of trauma event? You know, what is the actual cause? Is it the upbringings? So working on that while they're going through that transformation or empower them to keep on that journey. Right. Because they've dealt with internally what was holding them back. And isn't that funny that so many of our issues in life, everything from, as you said, bodily problems, prostate cancer, um, mental, mental health issues, all these things caused by internal thoughts, negative thoughts about ourselves or about money or about the stresses that we put on ourselves internally that we don't have to hold on to. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's, a, it's, it's below consciousness. So this is, um, you've really got to have an awareness. Because as I said, we're, we're generally on autopilot, going back to your reference about being a pilot, <laughs> we're generally on autopilot, so we don't have that awareness. We just accept life. Right. Life happens to us, and it's only when you're later on in your life and you look back over the last 40, 50, 60 years and you go, what have I done? What have I created? What's my impact? Because we are on this sort of journey where we don't, we don't ask questions about why we think that don't ask questions about why we act in a certain way. And a lot of times they're, they're hard questions because 
a lot of the work I do is quite emotional. Yeah, and people don't like emotions. <laughs> I, I think I think people have been pushing further and further away from their emotions as we've got more into the digital age. People are trying to you, you see literally I see two different types of people. You have a large chunk of the population that is getting further and further removed from emotions from anything deep. And then you have the other that has had an awakening and realizes that, no, I need to dig into my emotions. I need to dig into my thoughts and and the root causes of things and get real. And the people that that group tends to live a much happier life than the other group. And it's, again, it's, it's our upbringing where if you look at men in particular, so men can't cry, don't show emotions, you know, don't be vulnerable for goodness sake. So they're all suppressed. Mm-hmm. We learn to suppress our emotions, but emotions are telling us a story. Yeah. Our body's telling us a story. And for us to be able to tap into that, and if we don't tap into it or we don't learn from it, emotions are going to tell us the stronger story. Yeah, if you can hear the dog, she's telling me a story. (laughs) 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 And the emotions might be, I want to go to bed. But But it's it's just that that, that awareness that, you know, if you listen to your body, listen to your thoughts, and when you've got that negative thought, the ability to actually stop it there and then, and that's been really conscious. And, yeah. and and you actually weaken that muscle when you actually call it. So you might have a, a belief about something and this is what you're thinking. So if you actually take a breath and go, well, where's that thought come from? Is it real? And then change that thought there and then, that's what creates change quicker. Right. Absolutely. That's a, it's a strong awareness, but. And I think, the awakening, the awareness that we that we start to have. I, I'm a big believer on mindfulness. I've done several ep- episodes of on mindfulness and being present, being in the moment and living your life so that you're feeling the emotions. You know, uh, kind of interesting. My wife was able to get, I, I talk about my wife a lot because I love her, um, but she was able to get off of medication that she had been on for a long, for 20 years. Um, when she, when we started taking these um, health and wellness vitamins that really unlock the potential in your brain and everything else. And, and so when she got off of these medication she'd been on she realized she was crying a lot more and and laughing a lot more and she she's like i don't know how to deal with a lot of these emotions that had been repressed for a long time and she's like is there something wrong with me i'm like no (laughs) the the emotions that you're doing you're feeling you're going through are normal and it's good to feel them I think society, we so much, we, we offer drugs of all different types to curb emotion, to suppress it, to, to keep people from feeling, but it's in the feeling those emotions that actually help us to really grow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that mindfulness and being present. So when you're present, you're living life in the moment. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you look at um, sort of depression, that's your past, and you're looking at anxiety as your future. So your past is gone. Right. So there's learnings from that. So you, but, um, and that's the mindset you need to, what, what can I learn from that to grow? And the future isn't there. That's that anxiety. So the only real moment that you can be your best self is, is now. Right. And, and honouring that and, and looking at what you'll do what am I going to do today to be a better person? What am, I, what am I going to do today that's going to bring me joy and allow me to create more impact in, in the world? So I'm going out now looking at ways. So I'm setting my mindset. I'm setting myself for a day of abundance and 
you know, I'm going to be proud at the end of the day of what I've created. That's awesome. That's the way that we should live. <laughs> exactly. If everyone lived like that, it would be a much happier world. Exactly right. Yeah. Live with that and with uh, less ego. Yeah. Definitely. So this is this is the little one that was yapping. <laughs> is it a shay? Is it? Oh yeah, we we've got yeah. two girl dogs, and so she's just she's needy because I I've been having to be at work and 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 she's been she and her sister have been alone for a lot of the day, so they're just they're needy, and you know I think we're all needy. All of us are needy a lot more than we let on. I think there's a lot of loneliness that contributes to a lot of the negative thoughts in people's heads um, because we've either shut ourselves in or shut ourselves down from um, from other people and secluded ourselves. And in doing so, we're suppressing emotions that we need. Yeah, and I think when you said before that she's needy, that I do a lot of work. Um, we do a, a sort of a needs and wants audit with people because mm-hmm. that can create fatigue. So I think, as you said before, that we're not good at asking for what we need or for no. what we want. So I can come across as being self-centred or, but it's self-care. So your dog just said that she needed something and she, she needed yep. a cuddle. She needed just to have unconditional love where you just gave her a cuddle and she walked away and said, I'm, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. But she, she expressed her needs. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times we don't express our needs there, but at the same time we hold it internally, as you said. And then that makes us sort of angry. It makes us sort of uh, cranky and it doesn't support any relationship. It doesn't support yourself because asking for what your needs and wants are in life is respecting the other partner, it's respecting yourself. And this is the flip side to what we need to do and you shared before that we need to be able to learn how to express our needs and our wants and, and hear that from our partner or, or really learn that from within what that looks like because then you create that different life, you create a deeper life. Yeah. More love, it's... Um, very powerful but as I said the majority of clients I initially work with one might not even know what their needs and wants are because it's so repressed Um, or they do they wouldn't dare say what it is to a partner right so there's a lot of work that we need to do around that because if I'm saying it in the 90% of my clients well I'm going to say it's it's 90% of um, the universe you know, I I totally get that because you know, for the longest time, I, and and it was a learning point for me was to realize that when I was suppressing my needs and wants and not sharing them with my partner or share, I was expressing in a negative way. And she didn't understand what, what was actually the root cause of my being angry or frustrated or whatever. And when we repress or suppress things, so often we, we lash out in ways that are harmful to those around us. And you know, we started this talking about money, right? And we'll, so we'll cycle it back around the money. When it, when it comes to, to money and finances, especially if you have a, a spender and yes. a saver in the family and the saver is not good at, at expressing the need of security and a, a safety blanket and a a pad and all the things that make them feel comfortable. Everything that the spender does then causes them anxiety. Yes. 
Yeah. And and so in order to grow, they both need to come together to be able to talk about what it is that they value and why they do things. Because quite often the spender would would be totally fine change. He just doesn't know that it's causing anxiety for the other. He just thinks that the the partner is angry all the time and doesn't like, you know. Yes, yeah. And, and that's so true. And uh, we created that framework for a safe environment with uh, couples. Mm-hmm. So they're hard conversations to have. Yeah. Because there is emotion attached to it. But if you can create a sort of respectful environment for people to actually talk about their money story, their sort of values around money, yeah, how they're brought up around money. And then a lot of times there's a lot more respect where I ne- like if I'm talking to my wife, I, I never knew that about how you thought about our money. So I'll, I'm going to honour that and, and we can work together in a common ground that's both respectful and is supporting us to both as, as a couple achieve that life that we both desire. Yeah. And as you said, because it's suppressed and it generally comes out in, in an environment where <laughs> where there's anger, um, it's, it's not healthy. And we, we talk about that financial intimacy and how important that is. Well, and I think as you become better at, at becoming open and talking about these things, it actually improves your relationship a lot. I know Tiffany and I have been exploring where her money anxieties come from. Um, and we've been able to do it as we've matured. We, we've been able, in our relationship, we, we've been able to do it recently by exploring, well, what is the root cause that's of your anxieties about money? Because we have plenty. What yeah. What's driving the, the, and so it's opened up really good conversations among us. And, and well done for that. Yeah. But, you know, it's taken 25 years to get to this point. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, some of us are slow learners. <laughs> when it comes to, to having the open and honest conversations about about things like finances and and emotions, so and, and it is vulnerable. It's, it's a it's a vulnerability. So to have those honest conversations with yourself first, yep, and, and then to have it with your partner because that's what you need to learn. You need to learn about yourself because a lot of times we've lost our identity. So we don't really know what our lives look like or what we want our lives to look like or what's holding us back. So to really ask those questions and then do the internal work and then share that with your partner. That an example with you and your wife. So I was brought up around money. um, So I have safety issues or, you know, scarcity. This this is what's happened um, to create that. I just want to share that with you because... When you do this action, it makes me feel unsafe. Um, and if you do it in an environment where you've done a, some internal work first, then there's a lot more respect as opposed to, as I said, generally as um, you know, Todd, you to spend so much money, you don't, you don't care about sort of you know, what we want to do in life. You know, it's all about you. You just buy whatever you want. You don't, you know. And then that's generally how the conversations <laughs> go. And then you'll go back going, rah. So... Well, yeah, nor- normal conversations among couples about money is usually it's an accusation pointing the finger at the other person instead of an internal pointing the finger at yourself and recognizing, well, what are my issues with money? What are my issues with this or that? We're almost always trying to not see our own problems, but push push the blame onto somebody else when nine times out of 10, we're a large part of the problem, if yeah. not the whole problem. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I, that's, that's a great way of looking at it. And when you do the internal work, you'll have, a, as you said, that deeper conversation. Yeah. And the conversation yeah. out of respect. And it's, it's been great over the last few years as we've been doing personal growth and development and change and the internal work there have been huge changes in our marriage for the for the better. I mean, and we always had a good relationship, 
but now it's even better. So uh, I think being able to get over money issues as a couple is a, is an amazing feat. And then that, and when you get on the same page, well, then you can really talk to your subconscious about, okay, well, here's where we want to go. And if you're not married and you're single, you know, you have that work with internal work with yourself. And then you, you, then you can start programming your subconscious that if you want to be able to pay cash for a Lamborghini, well, do the work. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Right now. And I think they, um, so if you look at money, it's one of the leading causes of relationship breakdown mm-hmm. because it has got so much energy. And we talked about that financial intimacy before. So it is so valuable early in the relationship because generally, as I said, it's at a point where down the track you suppressed it and haven't really told your truth. Um, but if you can have that conversation when there's just so much love, there's so much care and, and working at that point as opposed to when it's too late. It's a great conversation to have when you're just courting exactly, or after right. you've gotten married, right? When you've gotten married. Yeah. It's a great yeah. time. The, to early, the earlier, the better. It's a great conversation to have with yourself as early as possible. Yes. Start today. <laughs> Today's a great day to start. If you're listening to this and you haven't had the conversations, start today. The One of the, one of the things I always try and teach is... Tomorrow never comes. The past is in the past. You only have today. And so if you're going to start something, start now. Take the first step. It doesn't have to be a monster step. Just take a little step and just one step at a time. It's interesting that I, for people that don't, that feel a bit, I suppose, overwhelmed with having a meeting with me because there's a lot of emotion attached to it. I've got this money type quiz, which actually allows them to express all their feelings and emotions around money. Oh, that's and cool. It, it leads them into sort of different um, money archetypes. And, and then so they might have a victim archetype or they might have this sort of innocence where they put their head in the sand and just hope it goes away, which it never does. <laughs> but then there's a report back that shows them some of the sort of beliefs and how it's showing up in their life. That's just so powerful for one there. That's their starting point to go, I've just gone through this sort of questionnaire around money and the feedback that I got is really representing where I am now. Right. In life, which I didn't even know, and given some steps to actually start creating a new journey. So as I said, people got to start somewhere and ideally it's today. Oh, yeah. That's a great place to start. And... I think I'm going to need to um, to start closing this up because I think she needs to go out. Is the, <laughs> she's in the she's in the back room howling. So, uh, <laughs> but but I really appreciate your time and appreciate uh, the discussions about money because money is a hard topic that people do not like to talk about. We all have limiting beliefs. And I love limiting beliefs is one of my favorite things to talk about. Limiting beliefs, self-sabotage and mindset are areas and law of attraction are areas that I always try and talk about with people because most people don't dive in deep for the deep conversations. And, but it's in the deep conversations that you learn the most about yourself. You learn that how to change and you get the power to take that first step and make changes. Um, Thank you for coming on the show. Ah, Pleasure. And I think it's so aligned with your live the life that you design. So everyone can change their life today. Yes. You're welcome. In the show (laughs) notes will be your link and the little, the explanation about it so that people can, if they want to talk to you and get that 30-minute introduction and maybe start doing business with you, um, if they could really use your help, um, this will be posted on 
on the podcast and then also on my YouTube channel. And I will send you the links to all of it. That'd be great. I appreciate that because I'd love to share it with my community as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you very much for being on. Lovely to talk to you and stay in touch. I'll, I like keeping in touch with the people that I have on and <laughs> building friendships. That's the way I look at this. It's building <laughs> friendships in the network. So couldn't agree more. And that's building that community. So thank you. And I've, I've really enjoyed it. So, and I, again, it's such a topic that people, you know, so much service to them. And that's what I we're all about. I think this is going to resonate with a lot of people. Yeah. So Thank yep. you, and Thank have you. a great morning as I go <laughs> ready to have a good <laughs> night. <laughs> it was great to talk to you, Todd. Thank you. All right. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from my discussion with Michael DeHaan. I personally learned a lot, and it was great to be able to talk about so many different subjects, all revolving around money. Notice how relationships are affected in so many ways by the belief system that you have about money. So I hope you learned a lot on how to begin to improve your financial awareness and your financial life so that you can train your subconscious to design the life that you desire. This is Todd Talks, where I help you design your best life, not the life I designed for you, but the life that you truly desire. If you find this has been beneficial to you, feel free to leave a five-star review, subscribe, and if you click on the link in the show notes, you can get that introductory complimentary discovery meeting with Michael DeHaan. So thank you for your time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a wonderful guest on my show, Michael. And as always, have a blessed day.